Aham Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya Tatodashtad rasatale doiteya danava panavao nama nivata kavachaha kaleya hiranya puruvasina puruvasina iti vibuddha pratyan pratyanika utpatya mahojaso maha Sahasino Bhagavata Sakala Lokano Bhavasya Harer Eva Tejasa Prati Ata Balavalepa Bileshaya Eva Vasanti Yevai Saramayendra Dutya Vagbhir Mantra Vana Bhir Indra Bibhyati Beneath Mahatala is a planetary system known as Rasatala, which is the abode of the demonic sons of Diti and Danu. They are called Panis, Nivata Kuvachas, Kaleyas, and Hiranyapuravasis, those living in Hiranyapur. They are all enemies of the demigods and they reside in holes like snakes. From birth, they are extremely powerful and cruel, and although they are proud of their strength, they are always defeated by the Sudarshan Chakra of the Supreme Personality of Godhead, who, rule, who rules all the planetary systems. When a female messenger from Indra named Charama chants a particular curse, the serpentine demons of Mahatala become very afraid of Indra. Purport, it is said that there was a great fight between the serpentine these serpentine demons and injured the king of heaven. When the defeated demons met the female messenger Sharama, who was chanting a mantra, they became afraid, and therefore they are living in the planet called Rasatala. Beneath Rasatala is another planetary system known as Patala or Nagaloka, where there are many demoniac serpents, the masters of Nagaloka, such as Shankakulika, Mahashanka. Sveta, Dhananjaya, Dhritarashtra, Sankachuda, Kambala, Asvatara, and Devadatta. The chief among them is Vasuki. They are all extremely angry and have many, many hoods. Some snakes, five hoods, some seven, some ten, others a hundred, and others a thousand. 
These hoods are bedecked with valuable gems and the light emanating from the gems illuminates the entire planetary system of Bilasvaraga. That's in the Bhaktivedanta purports of the 5th canto, 24th chapter of Srimad Bhagavatam entitled The Subterranean Heavenly Planets. Chapter 25, The Glories of Lord Ananta. In this chapter, Sukadev Goswami describes Ananta, the source of Lord Shiva. Lord Ananta, See how much longer I'm going to wear this for. You know, you really, when you do these carnation garlands, see this, the end of the carnations can be quite sharp. Best to take it off. And bites your neck. Okay, so Lord Ananta, whose body is completely spiritual, resides at the root of the planet Patala. He always lives in the core of Lord Shiva's heart and he helps him destroy the universe. Ananta instructs Lord Shiva how to destroy the cosmos and thus he is sometimes called Tamasi, or one who is in the mode of darkness. He is the original deity of material consciousness, and because he attracts all living entity, he is sometimes known as Sankashan. The entire material world is situated on the hoods of Lord Sankashan. From his forehead, he transmits to Lord Shiva the power to destroy this material world. Because Lord Shankarshan is an expansion of the Supreme Personality of Godhead, many devotees offer him prayers, and in the planetary system of Bhartala, all the suras, asuras, kandavas, vidyadharas, and learned sages offer him their respectful obeisances. The Lord talks with him in a sweet voice. His bodily construction is completely spiritual and very, very beautiful. Anyone who hears about him from a proper spiritual master becomes free from all material conceptions of life. The entire material energy is working according to the plans of Ananta Dave. Therefore, we should regard him as the root cause of the material creation. There is no end to his strength and no one can fully describe him even with countless mouths. Therefore he is called Ananta, unlimited. Being very merciful toward all living entities, he has exhibited his spiritual body. Sukadev Goswami describes the glories of Ananta Dev to Maharaj Parichit in this way. Sri Sukuru Vacha. Tasya Trimshad. Yojana, Sahasrantara, Aste, Ya, Vaikala, Bhagavatas, Tamasi, Samakya, Tananta, Iti, Satvatiya, Trashtri, Trishayo, 
संकशानम अहम इति अभिमान लक्षणम यम संकशानम Approximately 340,000 miles beneath the planet Patala lives another incarnation of the Supreme Personality of Godhead. He is the expansion of Lord Vishnu, known as Lord Ananta or Lord Sankarshan. He is always in the transcendental position, but because he is worshipped by Lord Shiva, the deity of Tamaguna, or darkness, is sometimes called Tamasi. Lord Ananta is the predominating deity of the material mode of ignorance as well as the false ego of all conditioned souls. When a conditioned soul, sorry, when a conditioned living being thinks, I am the enjoyer, and this world is meant to be enjoyed by me, this conception of life is dictated to him by Sankashan. Thus the mundane conditioned soul thinks himself the Supreme Lord. Purport. There is a class of men akin to Mayavadi philosophers who misinterpret the Ahambrahmasmi and Soham Vedic mantras to mean I am the Supreme Brahman and I am identical with the Lord. This kind of false conception in which one thinks himself the supreme enjoyer is a kind of illusion. It is described elsewhere in Srimad Bhagavatam, Canto 5, Chapter 5, Text 8. Janasya Mahoyam Aham Mameti. As explained in the above verse, Lord Shangashat is the predominating deity of this false conception. Krishna confirms this in Bhagavad Gita, chapter 15, text 15. Savasya jaham, pridi sani vishto, matasmitir jnanam apounam cha. I am seated in everyone's heart. And from me come remembrance, knowledge, and forgetfulness. Smriti jnanam apounam. The Lord is situated in everyone's heart as Sankashan. And when a demon thinks himself one with the Supreme Lord, the Lord keeps him in that darkness. Although such a demoniac living entity is only an insignificant part of the Supreme Lord, he forgets his true position and thinks he is the Supreme Lord. Because this forgetfulness is created by Sankashan, he is sometimes called Tamasi. The name Tamasi does not indicate that he has a material body. He is always transcendental, but because he is the super soul of Lord Shiva, he must perform tamasic activity. Sankasan is sometimes called Tamasi. Tasmai Sri Guru Venama Sri Chaitanya Manobhistam Stapitam Jena Bhutale Swayam Rupakadamahiyam Tadatitsva Padantikam Mukam Karoti Vajala 
Mangayate Garim Yadkripa Tamam Bande Sri Gurum Dinatarinam One of the benefits of studying the Srimad Bhagavatam is that one gets a very clear understanding of the purpose of the creation. Um, the Vedas are the the um, the manual if you like, the, the handbook on, on how to utilize the material creation and its various purposes. <clears throat> and when you, um, in the 80s, when you bought a computer, you always got a manual, one of those ring binder manuals uh, and then the manual itself would be shrink wrapped you have to open that up and then put it in and usually most people didn't read the manual <laughs> which is, which is uh, not unusual and uh, I had a friend who I used to buy computers from, and he was he was known as a bit of a whiz for solving computer problems. And have a guess how come he was a whiz? Because he used to read the manual. <laughs> he would actually read it and know what it was, how to use it. But most people don't read the manual, and so they, you know, when something goes wrong, they can't work it out. Last resort is to read the handbook that tells you how to use it. So, you know, this is not unusual. Most people don't know what the purpose of the creation is. What the pur- you know, why are we here? What are we doing? What are we meant for? <clears throat> and of course, they're not even aware of the importance of literature like the Srimad Bhagavatam because the Srimad Bhagavatam gives us a very it's considered to be the cream of Vedic literature. And if you are at all confused as to what what your purpose is, then it behooves you and everyone to regularly study Nitya Bhagavata Sivaya, regular service to the Bhagavatam by hearing and chanting and discussing. It's a a unique process by regularly hearing and chanting uh, the Srimad Bhagavatam, the unwanted, the inauspicious 
the inauspiciousness that pervades the heart, you know, and, and the, the, basically the material things that we meditate on. As a consequence of this identification with the material body, or, uh, this is this tamasi, this ignorance, identifying with the body as being our own and only and sole identity is considered ignorance. And literature, like the Srimad Bhagavatam, is, is beyond the modes of material nature. Even Krishna is beyond the modes of material nature, even though he facilitates all of the modes. Goodness, passion. So here he's described as Tamasi, but he, he is also described as you know, Brahman, which is beyond the, the material. And, and uh, which is the goal of the Brahmanas, or the, you know, the Brahmanas is meant to understand Brahman, which is a product of Shuddhasattva or pure goodness. And of course, we have Sattva, we have Raja, and we have Tamasa or tam, Tamas, ignorance. These are all coming ultimately from Krishna. That's not a surprise that it's described here how. He is sometimes called Tamasi because he's the source of ignorance and he's also the source of the destruction. You know, this is Sankashan's or, or Ananta's uh, role. He's the support of the uh, material creation. He's the support of the spiritual realm as well. We were uh, Ananta we were discussing the other day, he is an expansion of Lord Balaram. And his, and Balaram's, one of Balaram's features is to support, to maintain, to facilitate, it's his service. And Krishna facilitates all of the desires of everyone, and that's one of the reasons why we have the material creation, so that the living entities can exercise this, this false independence. Huh? Uh, um. And so today facilitates this this uh, almost material nature effectively. And and the material creation. And it's described it's described how each of the universe is, is sits on his head like a mustard seed, right? like a little. And, and we, you know, we see how vast the earth is and how vast the cosmic manifestation is. Hearing it in the scriptures and just our, our observation, we look into at night. You look into the sky and see the stars and just wonder what's what's going on out there. What's behind? I remember when I was a, a kid, four, five, six years old, used to go out into the backyard and look into the sky and then think, whoa, what's going on here? What's this all about? What's happening here? <clears throat> uh, looking into the sky kind of inspires wonder, awe, right? Awe, whoa. 
So, good reason why we need to read the Bhagavatam to find out why. What am I here for? What are we doing? So here's the description of Anantadev and his residing in the, at the uh, base of the, of, the, of the planetary systems and supporting it. And of course here, in this particular uh, form, is responsible ultimately for the destruction of the of the creation and he inspires Lord Shiva. So along with Lord Shiva in his various manifestations in Anantadev, uh, uh, destroys everything. And it's specifically mentioned here that Anantadev is the uh, inspiration for this mode of ignorance um, where the living entity thinks that he's the enjoyer. Ishvaraham Mahambogi, I am the enjoyer and the controller. Prabhupada mentions here, uh, there is a class of men akin to Mayavadi philosophers. What does that word mean? Akin. Akin to Mayavadi philosophers. Similar but not the same. Similar but not the same. Yeah. Akin. I think it means the same. Akin. Akin. Akin is a relative. Right? I suspect this is a. Um, of similar character. What's that? Of similar character. Of similar character. Very good. Let's look it up. I want to see if it's English. I think it's English. Did you mean dictionary? Yes, I did. Akin of similar character. Related by blood. Let's just extend this. Yeah, contracted form of kin. English. Yeah. Wherever English came from. You know, but some words you can some words you can tell they've got a French origin or they've got a Latin origin or they've got a Greek origin, but there are some words that are purely English. That way English is such a complicated language. Yeah? Very complicated language because it's got all of these additional bits and pieces that have been added. Not like Sanskrit. Prabhupada criticizes English, you know, not consistent. Sanskrit, everything's consistent. It's written one way, it's spoken the same way, right? Uh, Prabhupada's example B U T but, P U T put. (laughs) What kind of language does that, right? 
So you have to know the difference between but and put, even though they're basically spelled the same except with a different um, consonant right at the beginning. But put. <laughs> huh? So um, there are those who are like the Mayavadis, and the Mayavadi thinks that they're as good as God, one with God, who misinterpret Ahambra Masmi and so humbling mantras to mean I am the Supreme Brahman and I am identical to the Lord. See, in one sense, yes, this is true. We are spiritual by nature. Right? This is one way, but not equal to. In quality, we can be the same. In quantity, not. Right. And this is a this is kind of a mode of this is a mode of ignorance that's impelled given potency by Krishna in a form of Ananda Dev here. And Prabhupada refers then to another verse in this canto of the Bhagavatam. Everybody is in illusion, thinking, I and mine. Right? I and mine. When we see the material creation, we think we are God. When God sees the material creation, he knows it's his. Everything comes from me, Krishna says. Everything comes from me. And so, yes, it is his. But the living entity, thinking that he's the same as God, he looks at everything and thinks, oh, it's all mine. And I can enjoy it. And even, even as devotees, sometimes we can fall into this trap. Anybody influenced by the modes of material nature, here by the mode of ignorance, impelled or empowered by Ananda Dave, to think in this, this foolish, embarrassing way, because there are so many features of the material energy that reinforce the reality that we're not in control, we're not in charge, we're not the enjoyer. There's so much of material existence that illustrates we're not the supreme and everything doesn't belong to us. But, and, and, and Krishna correlates, sorry, Prabhupada correlates here Ananda Dev with Krishna and Krishna in the form of the super soul. Uh, and, and he quotes 1515, Savasya Chaham, From me comes knowledge, remembrance and forgetfulness. Uh, so this forgetfulness of the living entity that He's a servant. And not in control. There is a supreme control. This, this is bewildering for many for, for, for people. Because, you know, on the one hand, we do have 
the ability to control. Right? We are invested with certain power. Of course, it's, it's very, very small, but uh, we have this tendency that you know, we have a little bit of control because we are, we are being part and parcel of Krishna, right? Mamai Vamsa Jiva Loke Jiva Buddha Sanatana, the living entities are my part and parcel of Krishna. So we're part of Krishna. And being part of Krishna, and a separated part, right? Because we have our own independence, our own identity, and our own, um, what's the word? Uh, uh, hegemony. You know, we have our own separateness and ability to act separately. Um, and so, even with such limited. Uh, okay, we do have that independence, but it's very limited independence and limited facility, but yet we have that separateness and that power ultimately being given to us by Krishna. Um, but, and, and, and for some reason we start thinking, yeah, I'm as good as God. This really is ignorance um, when you think about it. And that's ultimately provided by Krishna in the form of the super soul. But here, Prabhupada is uh, describing and explaining how Anantadev is non-different from. And this is one of his specific uh, functions, is to put the living entity into ignorance. And of course this is because of our desire. Krishna doesn't want to do this. But because it's our desire, then he provides that facility to forget him. And to forget who we are. And to think, yeah, I'm, I am as good as God. Aham Brahmasmi. I am the all-powerful supreme controller. <laughs> this is Prabhupada saying, kick on his face. <laughs> Show that he's not God. Uh, or we say, here's, the, here's the, the Supreme Godhead with a toothache. <laughs> he has to go to the dentist to get his teeth fixed up. What, what kind of a controller is this? This. Uh, there's ignorance. Uh, and Prabhupada says here, the Lord is situated in everyone's heart as Sankashan. Uh, And when a demon thinks himself one with the Supreme Lord, the Lord keeps him in that darkness. And, and you know, there are people who think like that, even today. I've discovered. Oh, I never really, I was, <laughs> I was ignoring them, obviously. And they, they preach. They preach all sorts of gobbledygook yeah. all sorts of nonsense this is why Prabhupada's books are so important 
and why our study in Srila Prabhupada's books is so important because there are people who preach all sorts of nonsense. And, and it is, it's very difficult to understand. It's difficult to understand the workings of karma, right, and the workings of nature. And to, uh, and to work out, or at least for a, for a devotee, generally speaking, it's not that difficult to work out that we have independence, right? That we are independent. Uh, and so we have free will, right? Free will. Yet if you look at what happens in life, effectively, there's always things happening to, happening to us that we're forced to accept, right? Any of you think of a situation that you were forced to accept that you didn't like? Can you think of anything? Huh? Not difficult to think of something. Huh? So how can you be the supreme control for a start? Uh, but then, ha where does free will and determination, where does free will start and stop? And where does determination start and stop? Right? This is hard for people to understand. For the devotee, not that difficult, actually. And so th there are people who will say, you know, preach. Everything is predetermined. And it's an excuse to do whatever you like. Because right, oh, whatever you do, it's already pre-programmed. Huh? You're just a product of your previous conditioning. Which is true. That's true. But at the same time, there is free will. Which we can also demonstrate. Right? I can scratch my nose with my right hand or with my left. I have some choice. Right? You have a choice. So some, there are choices. There are definitely choices. And of course, if one studies the Bhagavatam, if one studies the Bhagavatam, if we study the manual, right, we study the, the, the handbook which tells us, you know, here's what the material creation is, here's what its purpose is, then it becomes easy. And especially if one follows the the methodology, the practice of bhakti, right, which is which is which establishes identification and misidentification, identification with the spiritual identity, not not with the material identity. Although the material identity is real, right? The material energy is real, yet the forms it creates are illusory. So the creation, that, another argument, you know, it's all false. Well, no, it's, it, it, the forms are false, but the material energy is not false, it's real. And we're under its influence. But not everything is predetermined. Oh, everything is predetermined, so I just do what I like. Right? No, there are choices. There's the free will. And, and the, the practice of bhakti is designed to teach us. Here's what to be accepted, here's what's to be avoided uh, if one's to make progress in 
freeing oneself from the influence of the material energy where you are pretty much acting like a puppet, right? Influenced by the modes. But even in, even even within the influence of the material energy and all of that pre so-called predetermination, there's still independence. Right? You, have you have choices. So, uh, and, and even this, the, the, the notion that you are God, that you're spiritual, there's another excuse to just do what you like right, and misbehave. Oh, you know, we're all one, we're all God, do what you like. Is another nonsense akin to the Mayavadis, as Prabhupada says, akin to Mayavadis, because they're not really anything, they're just bogus, bogus, bogies, right? just enjoy, trying to enjoy the material energy. It's really, and, and, and you know, what is it here, um, Prabhupada says, Janasya. Uh, where is that? Is that the previous? Janasya, here is Janasya Mahoyamahamameti. So Lord Shankarshan is, the, is the, the predominating deity of this false idea, these false ideas. That we're the enjoyer, that we're the controller, that we are as good as God. In one context, yes, we are as good as God, so long as we're godly. Right? But when we're Asuric, we're under the influence of the material energy. And of course, that's directed here by Lord Shankarshan, by Ananda, Ananda Dev. And um, I guess we can pray to Ananda Dev. Uh, please release us from this Tamas. Right? You're the controller of the Tama, Tamagun. So, Please let me engage in your service. Please release me from this ignorance. Again, study the Bhagavatam. Right? This is why the Bhagavatam is so important. Nitya Bhagavata Siva, by regularly rendering service to the Bhagavatam, then all of the uh, inebriates of the heart. Or the ignorance is dissipated, it's destroyed. As an irrevocable fact, as mentioned in the beginning of the Bhagavatam. And why we study the Bhagavatam. It's the it's the handbook, it's the manual. And and it delineates our purpose. It it, it explains who we are, what our relationship is with Krishna. Here in this case, what who what our relationship is with Ananda Dev. And um, how by serving, not mentioned here explicitly, but by regularly rendering service to the Lord, especially this is the, this is the process of bhakti effectively. One's able to release that influence of the mode of ignorance and, and come to the platform of Shuddha rise above passion, rise above goodness, and come to the point of uh, understanding who one is, and then, you know, by proper choices, then act 
on the spiritual platform, not act under the influence of this tumacy or the, the ignorance. He is always transcendental, but because he is the super soul of Lord Shiva, who must perform tamasic activity, Sankishai is sometimes called Tamasi. Okay, does anybody have any comments or questions on any of these points? Is that turned on, um, Yes. Yeah, okay. In that sense, we can understand that the mantra should be accessible to everybody. Everybody? Yeah, because... Yes, it is. Yes. And yes, it should be. And, and, and that's... Um, you can see that in the activities of Srila Prabhupada, how... And, and the previous acharyas, um, in executing Lord Chaitanya's mission, if you like, is to distribute this knowledge of spiritual identity to everybody. Right? In that understanding, uh, I was trying also to extrapolate a bit, for example, what about other societies that not necessarily they have this Vedic knowledge. Mm. They have other shastras. Other, other what? Other shastras, like uh, the Bible. Chapters. Shastras. Oh, shastras, scripture. The scriptures. And right. Like and others have their own, but they follow some traditions. Oh. And it, it they follow what? Some traditions. Other traditions. Uh, yes. In that way, for example, that traditions and the guides, the guru, we can say, yeah. and the different levels. Mm. So the Shastra, Guru, all connections with Sankashan and Bhavaran mm. and Antashesha mm. and express in a different way according to the level of con consciousness and understanding mm. capacity. Yeah. And uh, when you gave the example of the manual, not everybody read it. They have access, but not everybody read it. And yeah. access... And some are using manuals that have been... They haven't actually got quite the right information. Yeah. <laughs> so that's ignorance. Yeah, uh, that's an interesting comment, yes, that... Uh, that... There are some religious traditions that are influenced by the most material nature, um, but still encourage people to worship and serve God. So the essence, the essential, is the same. But some of the details are a little odd. Yeah. There are, there, there is. There are religious practitioners, preachers even, in this day and age who think we are the body. And that the body will 
that, that God's plan is that eventually heaven will be um, will reign on earth and in these bodies will live forever uh, this, is what they t- this is their interpretation of the Bible right? of course the laws of material nature kind of uh, kind of indicate differently <laughs> right we're never going to live in the material world forever because it's designed to have a beginning, a middle and an end and that's kind of been that's, that's proven historically interesting point, yes uh, so, so what's the purport of that? why are there these ignorant why, is, why are we so ignorant? Huh? Why? why? Why do we want to be religious but still ignorant? Huh? It's, a, it's, it's a feature of material existence. And it still illustrates one's independence, false independence from God effectively. Right? Why? It's, it's, it's the desire of a living entity to be like that. Isn't it? And so Krishna facilitates in a variety of ways this ignorance, right? Unlimited ignorance and all combinations and permutations thereof. Mixed with passion, mixed even with goodness sometimes. Um, and ultimately it's, it's because of the desires, of the, our desires to want to be independent, I, I suggest. Yeah. Priya. Thank you for the possible. I have two points. One is, we say the first lesson in um, spiritual life is to understand you're not the body. Yes. But in one sense, actually, that's also a very high platform. Uh, meaning that if we actually understand we're not the body, then we will actually transcend duality and come to the Brahmaputta platform as Yes. So it's like. Uh, yeah, but that, that's why we have practice. Uh, and sadhana for the for the neophytes, and so therefore, <clears throat> and Prabhupada gives the example of you know uh, starting a motor car, but of course Prabhupada's example is kind of limited or not limited. Uh, Prabhupada's example is relevant to motor cars that were built in the 1950s, like an ambassador. Right, which you used to be able to push to get started. <laughs> These days, if you push an automatic car, it's impossible to start. But in those days, uh, a motor car could be pushed to start, and then it would then the vehicle would have its own inherent capacity to move forward. So. Prabhupada would use that as an example. Bhakti is, you know, we have the inherent capacity to serve God. It's innate within us. At the moment, it's 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 um, uh, broken, dormant, dormant. Yes, it, it, yes, dormant, or, or it's misapplied. We serve. Ignorance or passion, 
or even goodness, as opposed to pure goodness or transcendental activities. So, um, that inherent nature to, to serve, the nature to serve is within us. Right? Can't take it away. Just like I see, you know, I see sometimes my friends, uh, their children have grown up. They're by themselves, and so what do they do? They get a cat or a dog. <laughs> they want to have companionship and they want to serve. Uh, it's just natural. Can't. It's so innate within us. So that service nature comes out, either in ignorance, in passion, goodness, or pure goodness. Right? And so, um, um, the process of bhakti is to practice serving Krishna. And so that that inherent nature to serve and that natural inclination to serve God is encouraged or developed through, and yes, it is very elevated position. And we're elevated, so, you know, by, we've, we've, we met the devotees, we, we were inclined or encouraged and attracted to uh, the activities of, of bhakti and um, despite our disqualifications, by that good association and by good uh, instruction and good example, we also are acting on a very elevated platform. And sometimes we realise, oh wow, this is very, you know, how do I get here when I'm so disqualified? Or I have tendencies to be influenced by the other modes of material nature, but that's what that's why Rupa Goswami recommends in the in the 64 items of devotional service. And this is why we take shelter of a guru and we inquire. You know, how do I act in order to be situated on that Sudhasattva or purely spiritual platform. And then Rupa Goswami warns us and says, you know, you better be, be prepared to accept things that you wouldn't ordinarily want to take up. And be prepared to give up things that you don't want to. Well, this is the process. To get on, you know, to be fixed on that platform. So, yes, very elevated, very fortunate. Thank you for awareness. Um, another point is, um, um, this is a common question when people read the structure of the universe. You just start to scratch my head and think, why am I reading all this? What's the purpose? Why this is all being described? Why am I reading the Bhagavatam? No, the structure and... Anything? No, no. Just the cosmic. Uh, oh, uh, okay. Why are we studying this? Yeah, and then all these details. Yeah, about the universe and Parishit Maharaj is dying, and why would he ask that question? Why did he want to know that? So I was thinking, like from today's class, I was inferring that um, you know the numbers that we read are so astronomical, the miles and 
even their lifetimes is like millions of years. Yeah. And if we compare our life with their life, ours is like a sec second compared to theirs. Mm. So then it kind of it makes you wonder exactly uh, what am I doing here? What is the Why? So you were saying that uh, when you see you know, from the back when you were young or when you see the sky you wonder. So I was thinking, it's amazing. Um, do you think that it's indirectly also going to help the person wonder that question? Why am I here? What am I, what's the purpose of my life? That is also one of the reasons. Well, um, from my perspective, it's an analytical approach to describing the creation, right? And so what we get is, even if we can't, it's, it's astronomical, as you say, it's um, inconceivable. But that's to um, illustrate the, the vastness of the creation, but yet how all of the details are coordinated and orchestrated by Krishna, ultimately, through his various forms. And Antadev is an expansion of Balaram, ultimately is an expansion of Krishna. Right? And so looking at all of the details of the creation and, and uh, its um, variegatedness is just an illustration of the uh, vastness of the creation and the, the powers and the prowess of God, effectively. Right? So it's meant to... Uh, to enhance, to, to uh, help us imbibe a mood of awe and reverence to the greatness of Vishnu, ultimately. Right? Um, and that no, no detail is beyond the purview of, of Lord Vishnu, effectively. Right? And and the, yeah, basically the greatness of God, right? Because you know atheists will read these descriptions and say, ah, that can't be true. You know, this is just crazy, out of whatever, impossible. Yeah, sure, it's impossible. Impossible for you, but not impossible for God, right? But for a devotee, it enhances their. Uh, appreciation for the for the for the all of the um, uh, detail and all of the you know the vastness of the creation and how it's all being managed by one person effectively because by one person the supreme person. Understand the personality of Godhead. Whoa, this is far out. Well, yes, it is. <laughs> As a consequence of that old reverence uh, awakened by appreciating the creation, it's also instilling in the, in, in the living entity a more humble position. Be humble, 
Yes, this is all a lot, lot bigger than you can imagine. Yes. And who do you think you are, you little pipsqueak? <laughs> you think you're so big. You're nothing. I'm nothing. We're all nothing compared to what's going on here. Yeah. Yes. And, and you see, as I, we, we discussed previously, many people don't believe that God exists. They just think this is all an accident. Whereas the Bible time tells us, no, this is not an accident. There's a structure, there's order. And you can see that. Anybody with half a brain can go outside and look at the whole... You know, the seasons are shifting, right? Well, we're going into spring. Although you could be forgiven for thinking that's what was happening. It's taking us time, right? <clears throat> but you see, there's a shift. So we see that, we experience that in our lives. And, and a devotable question, why? Why? There's order, there's structure. Who's behind all of this? So the Bible can't give the details. It has its own internal logic and it's consistent. The Vedic literature is as its own internal system. The names of the people are the same. The descriptions of what they're doing are the same. You know, um, it's has structure. It has order. There is absolutely no doubt in the mind of a devotee. Even if he's a fallen, even if he's not able to control his mind and his senses, he still doesn't give up belief in the fact that God exists. Whereas we're living in a society where most of the people don't, they don't have a clue. And one of the reasons why we have so much mental illness and confusion is because people just cannot work it out and become very, they become exasperated because of the lack of meaning, effectively. No, lack of purpose, lack of meaning. Isn't it? Yeah. And so, you know, the Bhagavatam confirms what is fairly obvious for many sensitive people. There's order, there's structure, there's purpose. You know, I get bad things happen to me. Why? Right? If we were all born equal and we're all equal to God, how come we're suffering like dogs? Because in Australia, dogs don't suffer so much. One prophet was preaching about, you know, not being a dog. One hippie said, I I think being a dog's a good idea because we see dogs that lie around all day. They get fed, you know, go for a walk, somebody picks up your poo all the time, you know, you must think you're pretty good. <laughs> right? Life of a dog looks attractive <laughs> for the dog-minded people. Right? But look at the dogs in India. Go and have a look at the dogs in, in Bali or the dogs in the streets of Vrindavan. Well, it's... It, if you're a dog in Vrindavan, it's okay, but boy, <laughs> you're suffering, right? Why? 
devotee wants to ask those questions. Why? What did I do to deserve that if I'm God? <laughs> How come I'm suffering so much? It's because you're not God, you fool. Uh, and you made some poor choices. Because, you know, there's this notion that, oh, we're all free, we're all independent, we're all equal. But then why am I suffering so much? Well, it's because choice. Your choices. Uh, yes, you have independence, you have free will. But you made some poor choices. And so you have to accept responsibility for that. But what happens is, what, what happened, you know, in Europe, especially after, and, and the world, after the First World War, Second World War, people suffered so much. And I saw this in my, my parents, or at least my mother. She, 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 I noticed that my parents weren't going to church. My mum said to me, well, it's hard to believe in God because there's so much suffering. And I said to my mother, you know, it's not God's fault that you're suffering, it's your choices. Huh? And this is, again, this dearth of understanding. What's going on, right? So, um, yeah, this, uh, a proper understanding of things is, you know, we suffer because of choice, because of our free will. But the material creation is designed in such a way to remind us you're not independent. There are consequences for what you do. And ultimately, the material world is not a place to try to live permanently. It's not. Yeah, we can see that. So, yeah, the, 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 the Bhagavatam describes all of these features of the material creation in detail to reinforce the understanding of our purpose actually and what happens if you misuse you know if you misuse something you'll get the reactions if you use it properly you'll get but even then you know Karma to get good things in the, material, in, in the material world is not the real purpose because the material world is designed. It's got faults. It's designed that way. To get us out of here, to, to seek you know, emancipation, if you like. Freedom. And it's interesting. Krishna says, you know, As they say, well, surrender unto me, I reward them accordingly. And because people are generally looking for material benefits, that's what they get, without realizing that the, the actual benefit is the spiritual realization, the spiritual emancipation. That's what's the real benefit of the human form of life. And automatically, you'll experience some of you, you'll get some material prosperity, but that's not the real benefit. That's not the real benefit. The purpose of material prosperity is to pursue spiritual advancement, spiritual identity. And, you know, use the material facility for its real benefit. That's why, you know, 
in the Bhagavad Gita, Krishna explains how a devotee generally only uses a minimal amount, to, a small requirement to live, but use most of the time for spiritual pursuits. Okay, we should finish. Anantadev ki jai.